Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere, MTMV Sports. I'm so geeked. I'm here with the founder and the CEO of the Ozell brand, our sponsor, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm blessed. How you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing great. Yo, do me a favor. Tell me about what got you started making shoes. Man, it's just crazy. It's just growing up in a type of environment I grew up in, mother getting robbed and shot, me being molested, me not knowing who I was as a as a person, as a man, birthed something in me. I started looking at shoes as a way out in middle school, and God gave me this dream and gave me this vision, and boom, it birthed. Man, I saw these shoes. They're beautiful, they're high quality, and they're at a, a good affordable price, bro. What went into making the shoes? Man, it's just me thinking about the shoes that I love, the shoes that I desire as a kid. Well, my mother couldn't afford it. So it's like, now how can I create a shoe at a good quality at affordable price for other families who actually are currently going through what I went through as a kid? Bro, I heard you can play two sports in them. Are they soccer and football cleats? Yeah, man, they two sport cleats, soccer and football. See, growing up, I played multiple sports, so it was just like bouncing from transition from different shoe to shoe. So, hey, it's two in one, so it's a good deal. Where can people find these shoes, man? Man, you go to ozelbrand.com, follow Ozell Brand on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but please subscribe on ozelbrand.com, please. Yo, you heard the man, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. That's his middle name, yo. Go, <laughs> go out and support this brother. He is doing his thing. Listen, you want to support him. You want to get these shoes on your feet. Look, they're beautiful, remarkable quality, and at an affordable price. Listen, stop what you're doing. Go to Ozell Brand. That's O-Z-E-L-L brand.com today. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As is our custom in the opposite corner. My sparring partner, verbally that is, because um, he, he don't throw hands, he, he, he throws shells, so... Um, Oh, now I used to box now, so you know. Okay, okay. Right. Well, well you, you 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 said when we were talking about Don King that that uh that uh, or you were talking about something else. She was like, "Look, I uh, it's oh I no, yeah, other we, things. yeah, no, with, with, with Don King, it's got to be different." I, listen, I grew up around his kind. Okay, well, uh, either way it goes, we have um either the Broad Street bully or the butcher from Broad Street. The Iron Man of MTV Sports because he's on every show known to man, uh, including Pickleball, by uh, which he'll be introducing with uh, Crispy uh, on Sundays. None other than uh, Wildress, the Iron One. Iron Wildress Ruffin. You know what? Ordinarily, I would take that in shade, but I voice i know you don't you don't know no better you all you know is shade towards me and that's okay because it's my luxurious skin and my david ruffin like tendencies where i just always got to play the front and that's fine 
You know what I'm saying? Because I ain't got your voice. And I, I let me give you your intro and do it properly. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, the curator of MTMV Combat Sports, the 2022 Spin Awards nominee, the voice, a.k.a. Hater McHater. Because that's, <laughs> that's what voice does now. Now, I just want y'all to know the time that I put into this. I be practicing these names so I don't butcher them. I don't want to disrespect the fight community because if y'all throw hands with me in the streets, listen, it's on site. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. We got some great things to talk about today. Uh, man, let's just go ahead and get into it, boys, because uh, we got some amazing things happening. So starting off, uh, Bellator 284 taking place at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, San, um, South Dakota, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. on Friday, August 12th. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, boys. You got me. I'm in my head. <laughs> in the car's main event, Neiman Gracie, who's 11-3, takes on Goti Yamaguchi uh, in uh, a five-rounder in the welterweight division. Now, boys, this is literally about two contenders with something to prove. Now, Gracie, who's 3-3 three and three in his last six bouts, He's looking to prove he's still a top fighter at 170, while Yamaguchi is actually making his premiere in welterweight and hoping to prove uh, that he belongs in the division. So, Voice, with these two looking to make a statement, what can we expect, and who has the most to gain with a win? What we can expect is a grappler's delight. We should expect to see lots of scrambles. Lots of, of of submission attempts, you know, uh, lots of changes of position. <clears throat> Excuse me, because both of these fighters are submission specialists. I mean, uh, Goiti has, you know, a couple wins by way of strikes, but for the most part, uh, it's rear naked chokes and arm bars and triangles and the like as far as how he gets down uh you said who you ask who has more to uh game but first let me take a step back okay as far as gracie is concerned i mean his last name is gracie so you know he, he he's been doing uh bjj with uh with his umbilical cord when he was in the womb so you know that that goes without saying that neiman is a grappling specialist as far as game is concerned, I, that's hard to say. That's really hard to say because I don't know that one person gains more than the other. Now, if we're looking at it strictly from a, a statistic standpoint, then Goiti would have more to gain because this will be his third win in a row. This will be his second win at welterweight uh the other win in this streak was at a catchweight and he's moving up from lightweight so from the wins losses perspective and from uh, the ability to advance in uh bellator then i would say yamaguchi neiman doesn't have that same um he he doesn't have he's not afforded the same kind of of rewards for winning because he's been trading wins and losses ever since he fought for the belt back in the welterweight grand prix 
and lost to uh, to Rory McDonald. You know, so he, he's been doing this for quite some time, or I should say, he's been up and down for quite some time as far as his um, his journey is concerned. That was his very first loss, and since then, he's just been trading wins and losses. Uh, beat John Fitch, lost uh, to Jason Jackson, who will likely uh, fight for the title next. Beat Mark Leminger, who I don't know who that is. <laughs> Lo- lost to Logan Storley, who is the interim champ. So he really needs a win and should win because all of his wins have either been against uh, champions or title contenders and with this being the second fight for Goiti at this weight class he should beat him based on what he's done now will he or not that is a different story uh, again we're gonna see a whole lot of scrambling or we're gonna see a stand up war which is kind of what happened between him and uh, Logan, I, I can't say it was a war, but they stood and they threw the whole time, and Logan came out uh, victorious. And I can't say that that uh, Neiman looked bad because he didn't. He was doing some things on the feet. It's just that Logan did a bit more. Um, we will see what happens when the pin drops, the cage door locks, thumbs go up, and they start the clock. Yeah, I was taking a look at some uh, some numbers here um, for this bout. So this combined, um, they have 16 submissions um, in Bellator. So this is literally the highest uh, total for a pair of opponents in promotional history. So Gracie actually has um, uh, seven with uh, seven t- sub ties uh, with AJ McKee, which is the most in Bellator history. Now, interesting stat here is that they have zero. Neither man have zero losses by finish. So it's that's definitely going to be an an interesting bout going in, and uh, I I believe uh, Gracie actually is uh, four years uh, Yamaguchi senior. So is I think it's going to be a great fight either way. I would love to see Gracie uh, bounce back. (laughs) The fighters that you named, and it it didn't really sound as exciting as as it probably is. But um, I think it's going to be a tremendous bout. Yeah, it it, again should definitely be. Uh, if you like grappling, if you like mm-hmm. slick submissions, this is the fight to watch. Okay. Now, also taking place on, on that card um, is going to be Valentin Moldovsky versus Steve Maury. Now, after signing his uh, multi-fight, multi-year contract with Bellator, uh, Steve Maury is actually looking to extend his undefeated streak when he literally takes on a man who's tied for third in the heavyweight division in bout wins. Now, voice with Maori signing a new contract and looking to dominate the, the division, I have to ask from from looking into this before uh, our show, a lot of people are questioning: Is this the perfect bout for him? Is this the perfect bout for for Maori? Hmm. I can't say that it's the perfect bout for him because Maldowski is coming off of a title loss he was going to unify titles with Ryan Bader he was the interim champion won that against uh, Tim Johnson and then uh, got knocked out by uh, 
Ryan Bader, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I know he lost to Bader, but I think Bader knocked him out. Um, no, it was a decision. It was a decision. Um, he knocked out Fedor, which is who, uh, <laughs> which is who Moldovsky trains with. So that's where the confusion uh, came in on my part. But you know, again, he he is he he's in that title contention range. You know, he's been doing the thing. It's perfect for Maori in that if he wins. He ought to then be in title contention, but I don't know how perfect that is just from uh, a a competition standpoint. You know, I think back to someone like um, Johnny Evelyn, who, you know, he, he was right around that same area, 10, 11 wins, no losses. Then he gets thrown in with the champion and he won. He beat Gegard. He's the man now. Now, again, Maldowski is not the champion, but he did hold an interim championship, and he's one fight removed from fighting for the full championship. Uh, so, again, it, it bodes well for Maori if, if he were to win. Uh, and if he were to lose, he doesn't lose that much. So, from that perspective, it is a win-win. Uh, because, again, he, uh, a win helps him tremendously a loss doesn't hurt him that bad mm. okay man yeah, definitely definitely sounds sounds good when you describe it but i mean from everything that i've read up on it they're making it seem like he can be the most dominating person in the in the sport moving forward so maybe the most dominating in bellator but uh in the sport especially at heavyweight you know, you, you still have uh, uh, the the predator out there, and until he decides not to fight or his skills diminish greatly, he's the most um, he, he's the most imposing man in MMA, much less in the heavyweight division. You know, but but can he win in Bellator and uh, become their flag bearer? Yeah, he's got that ability. Uh, but he's got to win this fight, and he really needs to do so impressively. Um, you know, he, he's got some he's got some skills both ways. Mm-hmm. Most of his stuff is via uh, via submission. You know, he's got some decent submissions in there: triangle chokes, arm triangles, kimuras, americanas. So he knows his way around uh, the 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 cage. As far as grappling is concerned, you know, I mean, he's got a couple uh, knockouts as well. But the most notable, well, I, I can't say it was the most notable. His last win, which may have been his most notable, was over Raheem Cleveland, who was the former uh, Victory Fighting Championship champion. You know, on a regional stage. That's it. Uh, he beat Gokhan Sarkam who also fights on this card. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he he really needs a signature win. This would be a signature win if he were to beat Moldowski. Okay. It's definitely understandable. So before we get into our next bout, which actually goes into Saturday, we like to give you the full rundown. 
I'll be remiss if we didn't mention the PFL uh, postseason continuing with the 2022 uh, PFL playoffs. Um, that's definitely going to feature the welterweights and heavyweights uh, in action. I believe that's the semifinals. Uh, voices, is there anything we should be looking for uh, in, in those bouts? Uh, just looking to see who advances to um, to the finals. In the welterweight division, the usual suspects, they really aren't there like normal. Um, I'm not sure if Rory McDonald uh, is indeed in uh, the playoffs. I think he is. If so, then obviously uh, he bears watching. Um, I know my man, uh, the one who has won everything over the past couple years, uh, and really one of the faces of um, of the PFL, uh, Ray Ray uh, uh, Ray Cooper the Third. You know, he's not had such a good go of it uh, so far. So uh, things could be could be interesting because uh, unless Magomed Karamov um, takes it all again, you could see a new champion in the welterweight division uh, for PFL. Okay. That's definitely going to be exciting. Make sure you stay tuned for that. That's actually going to be on ESPN Plus, uh, Aaron. It's going to be live from the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, Wales. So that's definitely going to be exciting. Now, moving into Saturday, this one I'm excited to talk to you about because it's this one is spicy. I, I love this one. We got Dominic Cruz versus Marlon Marlon Vera. That's going to be taking place at the San Diego. Uh, in San Diego at the Pachanga Arena, I think I butchered. Yeah, that you, no, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. The the, the butcher is still uh, in the shop. You might be sharpening your tools, uh, but uh, but the butcher has not stepped out on the street uh, to, I was, to do the thing. I was trying to make sure that was right because when I think of Pachanga, I always think of uh, Carlitos. Wait, if you ain't never seen that whatever um the bout is going to be filled with a little animosity and a lot of bulletin board talk uh leading up to the fight so dominic the dominator cruz um is actually has actually been in the media speaking about vera as though almost dismissively so vera uh has constantly voiced wanting to face cruz in the past he's claimed that cruz has avoided a fight with him uh when make when waiting to make previous matches now, Cruz, we all know, is a two-time UFC bantamweight champion. Uh, in his his comments, he stated, the animosity from Vera is not only unwarranted toward him, but it's not genuine. He stated that Vera just feels just just feels dismissed and wants to be heard, but he plans on proving him wrong. <laughs> Voice. This is all over the place. Vera has been very vocal in the media and stating not only does he want this match, but he plans to not cruise out. What are we? What are we looking forward to here? And who's right here? Is, it, is Cruz right or is Vera right? Cruz is one of the most intelligent, articulate people in the game. Uh, from a commentary standpoint, um, he he can really break things down. Um, he missed the mark on this one though, because whether. If, if what he said is true regarding Vera feeling overlooked, then there would be reason for animosity if you feel overlooked, especially if you feel dumped. That would be true. That's not manufactured. Uh, that that could be 
uh, very, very genuine. So in his analysis of um, of Vera's of his being upset I can't think of a, a better word for that uh, right now but of his ruffled feathers mm, he kind of missed the mark on that one or he may have missed the mark on that one um, Cheeto Cheeto is not quite Danny Sabatello but um, it doesn't take much for him to get up for a fight and for him to not like someone uh, that he's fighting so and I, I can't really think of anyone that he's fought where there hasn't been some level of animosity. You know, a little bit on the Diaz side like that, maybe situation where, you know, as soon as, as the we sign on the line, then, then I don't like you. Uh, you know, but then after I beat you or you beat me, I can respect you and we can uh, you know, we can go our, our separate ways or we can uh go and uh enjoy a libation post fight. Not sure. <laughs> But uh, yeah, again, I don't know of many people that he's fought where he hasn't had some animosity. And even if he hasn't fought him, he's shown animosity. I know, uh, I think of, of uh, what's the guy that they've been pushing super hard with the uh, rainbow bright hair? Uh, Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley. Oh boy, you talk about uh, him talking bad about O'Malley. I mean, like you, you are, you have been really a lot of what he's saying in this situation with Cruz you're ducking me you've been protected uh you know you you don't want this smoke you know but I want all the smoke you know and I'm I'm trying to be the poster boy and I am the poster boy uh for Ecuador you know I I'm I am that dude so you know come come fight me you know, come come see what what all this is about. You you t- you say I'm blowing smoke. Come see uh, whether I'm blowing smoke or not. Ain't nothing wrong with a little Apollo Creed like talk before a fight. If he feels like he's ducking him, I'm all for it, man. Maybe maybe you are ducking him, but it sounds it sounds exciting. But the funny thing about it is that Cruz went as far as to say. We've worked together before. <laughs> He's a nice guy, and I like him. And on the other side, Vera's like, basically, I want you to get into the ring. I'm planning on knocking you out. So I, that, to me, that's hilarious, especially considering the fact it's very WWE voice, and that's something that you don't like in WWE. So no, I okay. Are you well, no, you're friend? right. You're right. You're right. I don't like WWE, uh, and that's because. Um, back in the day when I was watching pro wrestling um, you know I, I was a WCW slash NWA kind of guy so um, oh, wow. you know, I, mean, I, I dealt with, with WWE you know a little bit but uh, my preference was uh, was NWA and WCW so showing your age with NWA sir <laughs> I, NWA is still around yeah it is. it is they're holding on by thread but they are um, now on the undercard of the UFC Fight Night 41, we have voices marquee matchup. We have Nate Landwehr versus David Onama. So, <laughs> voice, give us your voices marquee matchup. Tell us why and what we're looking for. I'm excited to hear about this. This has more to do with Onama than it does Landwehr. Um, you know, I, I just had to be totally transparent regarding it. Onama, the silent assassin, has only lost one time in his career. 
and uh, coming out of glory MMA where now uh, salute to James Krause the the uh, leader there at glory he recently announced his retirement uh, from the sport uh, said he would lose money fighting uh, if he actually fought so uh, he is focusing on making others great and one of the ones that he's trying to make great is David Onama um, again Onama's only lost one time that was Mason Jones uh, last year uh, in the UFC in his UFC debut and that's not uncommon you know a lot of times under the bright lights uh you know things uh things can can kind of be shaky you can have uh an adrenaline dump you know a lot of times those first fights are short notice fights so you know a lot of different things can happen uh that first fight is not uncommon for someone to come in the ufc and lose but this will be his third fight this year started it off knocking uh former tough latin america which ugly benitez in february then turns around and secures a arm triangle choke in july now you know turning right back around you know almost less than a month's time and taking on nate landwehr he's on a tear no uh no pun intended not not landwehr but uh onama he's on a tear and he's really being presented as one to watch and an upcoming fighter uh to <laughs> to join the already crowded ranks there at featherweight uh landwehr on the other hand he, he um <laughs> I mean, he is coming off of the the performance of the night uh, from uh, UFC Vegas Forty. So, yeah, he he is coming uh, coming in off of uh, off of that performance of the night uh, Anaconda Choke win. Um, absolutely, you know that he he had that happen, but that was last year. Yeah. So October you know, 15th. yeah, it, it, it's been a minute since he's fought and. He lost just before that to uh, Juicy J, Julian Erosa. He's really he's been trading wins and losses over the last five, um, and the, and that's the reason why I'm like eh, I don't know. I mean, granted, uh, did he beat Darren Elkins? Yes, is Darren Elkins an easy out ever? Absolutely not. You know, but he lost to, to Herbert Burns, who couldn't finish his last fight because he was exhausted. You know, and he lost to. A perennial um, uh, journeyman in uh, Juicy J. Arosa. I mean, he was on the Ultimate Fighter. I don't think he got picked up um, from that one. Went back to the regional scene, uh, came to the UFC. I think he was on the Contender Series back in the UFC. So, you know, he's kind of been all over the place. Uh, and to lose to him, um, just, yeah, it, it, it's not the greatest of wins. It's a nice name, but not the greatest of wins. Uh, training out of MMA Masters, uh, he's going to be prepared for this fight. But with James Kraus is like a cheat code. Having him in your corner is like unfair. Just look at what um, the interim flyweight champion did in gaining said championship uh, on the last pay per view. Yeah, J- James Kraus is no joke. Uh, combining that with 
the fact that Onama has skills and can do it both uh, with strikes and submissions. That's why this is the Voices Marking matchup. It's because of Onama and the James Krause uh, connection. Yeah, the bout was uh, previously supposed to take place in March, but I think Lambert actually had to pull out for um, an unknown reason. But Onama literally comes in as a heavy favorite, and he was a replacement uh, in this fight. So the odds makers are, are literally agreeing with you. Like you said, Onama's 2-0 uh, since, his, uh, since his loss uh, to Mason Jones. He had a win with a submission and a knockout. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to see how Landwehr uh, uh, steps up to it because Onama looks like he's on a mission. Yeah, and, and just to to uh, to share again why why this is a voices marking matchup. Uh, one of the criteria now uh, you said him being from from Kansas City. Uh, now I, I will give Glory some some love. You know, but uh, that that is KC. It's not St. Louis, but it's, it's kind of <laughs> close enough for fights uh, to to root for them because they're in state. But Onama, outside of his loss to Mason Jones, has never needed the judges. He's either won by strikes or submission or uh, somebody hurting himself, and it's been fairly even as well as to his method of victories so yeah he, he's definitely one to watch because uh the ability to stop is there and that means that the uh, probability of getting a performance bonus is high ain't nothing like a performance bonus well rounding out the the amazing fight weekend uh, we have teofimo lopez versus pedro campa and this is going to be a junior welterweight bout uh, that's definitely bound to excite. Now, this bout is actually scheduled to take place uh, at the Resort World uh, Las Vegas in Vegas. Uh, TFMO makes his first fight appearance since his loss last December uh, to George Cambosis. Now, while Campbell may not be the bigger name that Lopez has fought in recent years, uh, Campbell does come into this bout with a 34-1 record with 23 knockouts. Lopez recently stated that despite the loss to Cambosis, he is, and I quote, the greatest of my era, and I will prove that Saturday. <laughs> now, voice. Lopez is pretty confident coming in with a possible Ryan Garcia bout uh, in the near future after uh, Golden Boy stated that they're not, they don't plan to wait on Tank Davis. So where does Lopez rank in the current era? And is he right to be this confident after the split decision loss to Cambosis? Uh, last December. As far as where he ranks, um, that remains to be seen. This fight is being contested at 140, which is something that uh, Teo has said that he wasn't going to be too long or wasn't going to be too long that he would be in the lightweight division, that he would make a move up to 140. You know, if he does well and he looks good here, you know, fighting uh, someone like a Regis Progray while waiting to uh, get a crack at uh, Josh Taylor, you know, or, or fighting. Um, oh, I, I forget his name uh, right now, but um, it's the guy who Taylor beat to become the undisputed champion. Actually, Taylor just dropped by one of the belts and he's going to fight for it. Uh, Latino guy, his name escapes me right now. 
um but you know fighting them all of that could be in the mix now granted would he get paid more if he were to make 135 and fight the um the four crown princes i'll call them because uh they really aren't can't say that they're kings as of yet uh such as we had the four kings uh back in the late 80s and, and early 90s um you know but is there more money to be made there yes a fight with tank davis a fight with uh ryan garcia a fight with devin haney uh even if shakur stevenson moved up all of those would be huge absolutely huge not saying that a fight against uh josh taylor uh or um or the other gentleman whose name escapes me right now wouldn't be big but really 135 is where um where all the sizzle is right now uh, as far as lighter weights are concerned in boxing so he, he's got again it, it's a wait and see deal will he stay at one foot if he does you know he, there's some work to be done there for him to establish himself and to get into one of those bigger fights wouldn't be as difficult at 135 oh I forgot you know about uh, the guy he he beats to win it all uh, uh, Lomachenko but Loma might be moving back down to 132 we don't know yeah, but like I said 135 when you're looking for a fight a notable fight something that people are going to get up for that that's where it is that's where it is um, but will he fight at 135 that's the question now Campa you know let's give him his due uh, 9 of or I should say only 11 of his victories have uh, gone the distance 23 of them he has knocked them out his one loss was a knockout loss though as well that was a while ago against uh, Carlos uh, Jimenez that was what about 5 years ago since then uh, he's either beat uh, everyone or uh, you know it's been like a, a, a draw or something of that nature um, and he's riding a two fight knockout streak into this matter of fact he's knocked out uh, three out of his last four opponents you know so he's got a chance here and not only does he have a chance uh, in doing all of this his fights have been at you know or around that 140 range where um you know, he, yeah, he's been competing at 140 the vast majority of his career. This is the first time Tails fighting at 140. How's he going to look? Why is he fighting at 140? There are so many question marks, uh, especially with uh, with Tao. Much of the uh, loss has been attributed. His loss to Cambosis, that is. Much of that has been attributed more so to turmoil which is well documented I mean all kinds of turmoil between himself and his father um, you know th- them not liking his wife and just all kinds of craziness and and he said he had to take off to uh, get his stuff together he didn't say stuff but you, you all know how you manage right. this now <laughs> so if he has his stuff together he's dangerous because when even through all that turmoil, he was undefeated until he, until 
he slipped up against Cambosis. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, again, it remains to be seen. And much of that has to do with what Teofimo Lopez shows up. Generally, though, he, even even if it's not the best Teofimo Lopez, the the worst Teofimo Lopez should be Pedro Kim. Okay. So what's interesting is uh Delahoe talk um and his frustration with uh Tank Davis and, and the Ryan Garcia fight. He mentioned coming to the Teofimo bout to potentially create a bout between uh Lopez and Garcia. Now the interesting question I have for you is if those two go if those two face each other and Lopez beats Garcia, does that line him up for Tank Davis next? Um, <laughs> I don't know because, uh, and I, I get in a lot of trouble regarding this. Um, Chris, I like I yeah, I, I didn't see these things, but uh, <laughs> uh, for your sake, um, you know, I let let me acknowledge the fact that yes, they were, brought, they were great. You brought wrestling, you brought wrestling. <laughs> And uh, we're not talking wrestling anymore. Me and Crispy gonna have a show on on here where we talk about wrestling. I feel it. Hey, uh, feel free to do it. Let me know when <laughs> it is so that I can uh, go take a nap or do something else uh, productive <laughs> with my life. Wow, what voice? That's that's okay. Let's let's get back to this thing. Lopez versus Davis. Does this happen mm-hmm. if if he knocks out Garcia? I don't know. You really can't say because, and I know I'm going to get some hate for this. And that's okay. I can, I'm a big boy. I can take it. And I've already run into them anyway. Um, the PBC acolytes, they stand hard for their organization and for the fighters that are under that umbrella. They Which... Don't get me wrong, depending on the division, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, Welterweight, they've had a corner on the market for the past, you know, at least five years or so. You know, so from that perspective, I get it. You know, that that's cool. And some of these other divisions, though, where they don't have as many fighters, it gets questionable because they don't necessarily want to uh to to play with anybody else it's like if we can't keep all the money in house then then no you know we're we're just going to keep fighting these fights in house until we can't do anything else or until your contract runs out terrence crawford and we can uh get you under the uh you know into the fold to have the fight which that still hasn't happened and i don't know why uh, it hasn't happened, and what's going on is taking so long to get this fight done. I don't know, but again, like I said, I, I know that the the uh, PVC acolytes out there will uh, not be happy with me saying this, but it's the truth. It is the only person that they let go to fight across the street was. Um, Lord, he, and he, he retired after it. Um, Sean Porter. Sean Porter. Oh, okay. And when we see what 
uh, Aerosmith did to Sean Paul, and what um, what Bud Crawford did to Sean Paul. Now again, now, that that's that's fighting math, and fighting math does not uh, always add up. Um, but yeah, he, uh, Porter retired. But in Sean's defense, after that whoop. in Sean's defense, he was a little older though, wasn't he? He was a little older, but he also uh, he also, his father also called the fight because he knew uh, he's like, "Little son, this this ain't it. You you you, you don't have it," and they know. Uh, 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 Crawford. They knew Crawford. Crawford really didn't want the fight because of their history together. But it was like, look, I gotta fight somebody. And you're the biggest name. And then he went out in there and whooped him like that, which is another reason why I was like, look, I haven't seen uh, Bud whoop up on a whole bunch of people for some years. Hey, it ain't gonna be like that for you, son. You, you It's done. Uh-uh. And I don't like how you was training. You need to train harder because I knew you was fighting the best that was out there. It wasn't like when you was fighting Spence. Now I'm being. Uh, uh, boxing fans, fight fans, know that I'm being facetious right now. Please know that I'm being facetious. But he did not like how he was training for that fight. We didn't hear that about the uh, the Porter fight. I mean, not Porter. Um, the Spence fight, even though he lost that one too. You know what? I don't. I don't have anything to say about that because all I can think about when you say that is Larry Holmes and Muhammad Ali and the same thing that happened. Anyway. <laughs> Fight fans, we thank you for staying with us for another great episode of the main card. You can catch us live as as you see every Tuesday, 7 7 p.m. You can also get us on the uh fight update on MTMV Sports. It's 10:30 a.m. And we're gonna be discussing Tyson Fury's unretirement so that he gets a trilogy fight that makes no sense to anybody. Uh and all Tito T's may potentially have a fight on the decks also. Um, voice, I appreciate you. Another great episode, giving us all the nuggets that we need to prepare for a great fight weekend. Take us out, sir. Well, uh, one of the things that we're enjoying right now, and this is the season, uh, summertime, we get Dana White's contender series on Tuesday night. And on this week's episode, you have uh, Bo Nickel, highly decorated wrestler in his second professional bout fighting uh, on the Contender Series. This is normally, and I'm surprised that he's on the Contender Series. Uh, I believe that his first fight was uh, with a promotion that was on uh, UFC Fight Pass because Dana is trying to take a play out of uh, Scott Coker's book. The the decorated wrestlers go to Bellator, you know, i.e., um, uh, the, your Ed Roots of the world um, and the ones that are coming up, your Aaron Picos of the world, your uh, your Joey Davises, you know, they, they normally get, the Romero Cottons I, I could go on, but they normally grab those those burgeoning wrestlers in Bellator, at least as of late, and the fact that, that they were able to kind of snag Bo Nickel, or possibly snag Bo Nickel is uh, it, it says a lot, so I look forward to seeing how that plays out and even with uh this being his second win i'm sure he will be getting a contract if he is to get the victory there you go i mean last week we got b joe piper so i'm looking forward to yeah, seeing what, yeah, what weeks ago. Yeah. 
with yeah. what impact Just- speeches we get next. Ben <laughs> has been all over the place this week in, in the media, so uh, mm-hmm. he, he, it's, it's always exciting whether you like him or not. Uh, Quick question for thing. you. Speak, speaking what's, what's of question? Dana White and the media, um, what are your what's your take regarding uh, him being in social media recently and uh, and Tyson? Are you familiar with that? Yeah, so I, I I knew that this was coming a long time ago because the whole thing with um with Hulu has been going on with Tyson for a while. Um, if 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 you have a supportive friend who's willing to speak for you, be it not times where you see Dana White in a in a positive light in that manner. Um, so I can only take it for face value. Um, as a as a Tyson fan. I'm kind of torn because, of course, you always want to see something great about Tyson. You want him to get his flowers right. as much as possible. But for them to take his story, um, I, that's not something that I can approve of. And also, I know that Jamie Foxx is actually working on a story also um, that he's trying to get to the theater. So, I mean, that I could, I don't have the things to say about Dana White. So, I commend Dana White for that because I'm sure there was a lot of money thrown his way to, to compensate. Millions of dollars, yeah. Yeah, to compromise his friendship with Mike. So, to me, that's that's a tremendous thing. I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear that body for Mike who has some kind of power. Cool. There you go. That's that's a perfect place to end. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an, another amazing episode. Voices Stone dated me. I couldn't put my hat today. Uh, Crispy is getting like, started. I'm, I'm gonna He's throw, coming in WWE. I'm, I'm gonna throw <laughs> Crispy, shade. Crispy, we're gonna talk uh, WWE, boss. I'm taking a uh, I'm taking a page out of Christmas book. Uh, you know, you you working with that McDonald's Wi-Fi right now, uh, uh, coming in and out of, of things. Um, but yeah, and you, you said that I'm starting to hate against you. They call me Reverse Flash because they say I hate on everything. It's not that I hate. I'm just an observant person, and I share my observations. All. And it's I just, just want y'all to, to know me that my observations generally uh, are about the things that are out of place. <laughs> I just want you to know I I be breaking my neck for y'all. I got the one I, I pay extra for 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 the Wi-Fi for y'all. You know what I'm saying? I got the Ethernet right now. We're storming outside. I'm risking life and limb to share this luxurious skin and great thoughts with y'all. And you see, this is kind of attacking me. One day I won't have my come up. It's Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for another show with us. Uh, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the voice, your man, or just MTMV Sports, the main card. Voice, go ahead and uh, give them your catchphrase because I, I ain't telling you right now, boss. Hey, well, uh, feeling me or not, for all of the fight fans, until next time, fight the good fight. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.